Hello everybody and welcome to the promised Friday episode of Into the Prey with Nick and Mary Franks looking at the chaos of the church and specifically to do that today as part of our ongoing textual criticism series which which is going, it's kind of trailing isn't it, it's a trailing conversation. We find ourselves here today having a conversation about dealing with aggressive atheists or the irrational nature of things as you're about to hear. So we're both here today to have a conversation that I thought will help everybody to, um, it's not going to be a quick conversation necessarily, we're not in a rush, we hope that it's a, a real help. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting um, conversation to have because it actually links very closely to the conversations we've been having about textual criticism and I think just helps to point out um where people are so deceived, basically. And, yeah, just have a little chat about the the yeah. content of that. Yeah, I, d- I did mention this the other day when I, I kind of meant just announced that we were going to be doing this, is that the, the purpose of this, of course, is not to name and shame the lady in question, in fact. Um, yeah, it, I mean, hopefully it will become clear. We want, we want to signpost you to the original blog, and some of the things, you know, it's important to look at these things. Mm. I, I think oh, yeah. mm-hmm. don't just take our word for it. Look at where where it our, came from. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what was the interaction? And you can read all of it. It's all there to to read and go through and think about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So um so as we we thought we'd maybe just kick off well, maybe you can kick off by talking about how it all started, I guess, and where where the actual interaction began and the video that you put up and how it all started. So I'll put this, I'll put the blog link, the question um, of, um, I can't remember what the title of the blog was now, but I'll put the link for that into the show notes so you can read that. I'm trying to think of what order it would be best for people to do that and whether to read that and all of the comments or listen to this first, probably listen to this first. Uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever, whatever yeah. suits you. But where did it come from? Well, the, the I think it's probably worth saying as a principle, what we're trying to do here is draw out of these experiences, lessons, what's the Holy Spirit, what is God teaching us as his people who are seeking to breach the chaos of the church. And I think one of the first things is a lesson is that when you begin to take steps into enemy territory, Things happen. Mm, yeah. And so to answer your question, where did this come from? What what started it? As I'd done a, a talking head video, just a YouTube short outside a mosque in Edinburgh, uh, the, the Muslim mosque that claims with big glossy boards outside, hey guys, do you know that we believe in, Je- do you know that blue- Muslims believe in Jesus? It's like Jehovah's Witnesses believing in Jesus. There's all these people that claim to believe in Jesus, mm-hmm. but of course they don't believe. Muslims do not believe in Jesus. And so I'd done this talking head video outside this mosque in Edinburgh and just explained that. And the title of that was something to do with Islam and Jehovah's Witnesses and atheists. And that undoubtedly is where this aggressive atheist from America, there's lots of A's, uh, <laughs> the, the lady's name in question begins with A, uh, but she said in the video that we refer to in a minute that she doesn't like her name, which is interesting in itself. Um, so out of respect, I won't use her name. But that's that's where it all came from. Um, mm-hmm. She she would have probably clicked on something to do with atheism. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine the kind of what, you know, you know, 
Do you go looking for posts on atheism? I know it's interesting because you think how how does anybody come across anything? But I guess like I don't click on blogs with hashtags of Christian. No, but was the video on YouTube? Maybe it had actually just popped up on her. It would have been on. It would have been on WordPress. It would have been on the blog. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, that's the point. It, <laughs> that's where it came from, and I think that's again. It's just worth noticing for people who are listening to us and wanting to take the gospel out and to be more quote unquote aggressive in that. Deliberate, intentional is a better way of putting it. You know, you, you'll this this kind of thing will happen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's true. You're you're interacting with something. It's a sp- yeah, it's a spiritual, a spiritual thing. level, yeah. and of course, there'll always be pushback and defensiveness. So you should actually just assume, I guess, that that will happen at some level at mm-hmm. some point. Um, yeah. So that's that's basically how how it kind of started. But well, how did the interaction go? I guess as well how did the kind of because there's quite a lot of comments to work through so I guess thinking about where the initial interaction began and how it continued and yeah well uh, yeah I mean there's about 50 50 or so comments um half of which of course will be me responding but I think one thing I want to say at the beginning and this is something that I said and conveyed uh, in one of the in one of my comments and responses towards the end, uh, before I closed the comments, is that I, I apologise to this to this lady um, because because my own um, response to her was was less than perfect. And again, this links to what I think what we were just saying is when you when you begin to take territory in a spiritual way and there's there's a response to that you learn don't you and i think one of the things i'm learning is to not for example not to respond to anger with anger Mm. and uh, so i had reflected that and when for the guys listening and when you i hope that you will read the blog and i hope you you know it's not much Mm. it's not a blog written blog it's a talking head video and then it's all the comments but read it read it all and and notice that I could have done better in some of my responses, but I've left them all there as as is so that you can see that. But as we're about to hear in a minute when we get to the main the main point within this is that regardless of whether or not I've been <laughs> apologetic for my own side of things, which is all I can be apologetic for and accountable for, it makes no difference mm. when you're dealing with somebody who's who's irrational mm. and where is that irrationality, you know, where's that coming from? Mm-hmm. Um so, um, was there anything else I wanted to say about that? Yeah, just just I think to explain, not not to excuse, but I am tired when it comes to people like not just this person, but in, in YouTube particularly, and people that want to jump onto public spaces with with not even a name. Mm. So I'm there, Nicholas Paul Franks. You can see anything you want about mm. about us within reason. As a couple, we're very kind of like heart on our sleeve, we're very much an open book, transparent, you know, and that's an important part of integrity. Mm. But then these people jump on and I get it all the time. People who are jumping onto videos, commenting, um, attacking, uh, but they don't even have a name. Yeah. So that's where the, that and in all honesty, that's that's where and I'm, I'm glad of it. You know, it's not to say I'm I'm. I don't think that any of the comments, any of my responses could have been reworded slightly differently or whatever, but I'm glad for the learning curve that this is because it demonstrates that 
you know, just just the just the learning curve that it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's important to say when when you come on to discuss these things, mm. don't just jump on with I love snowleopards dot com <laughs> or you know a, an emoji of a cat. It's like, come on. I know. And it's so easy for people to do that as well. To Pe- and people and people anonymous. specifically on that, yeah, they want conversations. They want they want to come and ask you questions. Hey, could you just tell me a little bit more, a little bit more about what you mean by non-denominational or denominational as an idol as idolatry? Some guy I had that recently. Apparently, he's a local Christian in Edinburgh. I wanted me to engage with him on YouTube, and he doesn't even have a name. Yeah, you're not, you you literally could be dealing with a bot, and you don't know yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, you'd probably get more sense out of a bot. <laughs> the, the bot would probably go, "Yeah, fair enough. I don't have a, a name. You, you can understand why you wouldn't want to uh, engage meaningfully, even though you've." You've very kindly offered to do that privately. I can, you know? Mm-hmm. So true. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the nuts and bolts. Yeah, so um, in starting out on this, I think what was quite interesting was you went on to look at her website. Yeah. Which I think, you know, well, you can go in and tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that you came across because I think it really helps um, to explain a lot if not all of the way that she reacted and her comments and the way that the angle basically that she was coming from Mm. um and how how she was interacting i think from her own Mm -hmm. from her own self she's basically put it on her website (laughs) yeah so and uh, and we'll include this lady's website in our show notes because you go ahead and, and see for yourself but without exaggeration when i excuse me when i saw the initial you know sometimes it's funny what you can pick up and discern from comments or from the first few comments in, a, in an exchange and apart from being irritated by people that don't engage with their actual name um you can sometimes just pick up spirit of things anyway so i went onto this person this lady's website and i can't remember the name of the url but as i say it'll be in the show notes now on her most people have like about sections as we do um, this lady's about section is called the boss's office, and without exaggeration, it's one of the most toxic sounding, stroke toxic feeling mm. about sections that I've ever read. It's the kind of thing that just gives you the eebie-jeebies mm. because some of the things I'm just about to explain or, or quote, I'll quote for you from that about section should give you an indication about the the soil of this person's heart and where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Or at least where they think they're coming from. So a couple of ideas. This is this is the person um, who says this of her own website and her own position stance. This is my place where my opinion reigns and where the bouncers will show you the door if you intend on being a jerk. Fair enough. You know, I suppose it's direct, but it's fair enough. If, if you're going to be a jerk, yeah, then don't, don't expect... Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like if you're... I wouldn't say that somebody doesn't give themselves a name is a jerk, but I would say it's just it's just not even polite yeah. or, you know, whatever. But so, I, I, you know, tracking with this lady so far. But then she defines a jerk as somebody that throws S-H-I-T at the wall um, and hopes that, that it sticks. She also defines a jerk as somebody that lies. And we should talk about that in yeah. a minute. Lying is a big thing here. It's a huge thing. And... A jerk is somebody that makes baseless insults. So so note this, okay, before we've even got into the the kind of meat of this exchange and what this what it teaches us, 
is that the person is wanting everybody and wanting the whole world to know that they're the boss of their website and that they define jerks as people that throw SHIT at the wall, people who lie and who people, people who make baseless insults. I'll come back to that whole thing of lying and baseless insults in a minute. Um, she wants people to know that she doesn't like pussyfooting, quote, pussyfooting around religion. Again, that's a good thing. Uh, she's describing herself as a new atheist and that her new atheism has come from being hardwired hard by TV. Okay, so this is, again, this is the per type of person that you're dealing with. She claims to know something about everything. Impressive. And yet she takes pleasure in people suffering, people who are arrogant. So she, she takes pleasure in people's suffering. In fact, she takes, quote, unquote, great amount of pleasure in people's suffering. They're kind of people who are willfully ignorant, greedy, bigots, selfish and arrogant. And yet she's claiming to know something about everything. <laughs> Do you know something about Liverpool Football Club? Probably not. There we go. I've yeah. made my point. Um, she also claims to dislike most humans. She takes a great amount of pride in being able to sort stuff out for herself. So, so there you go. That that's the kind of um, that that's basically what we're dealing with. And you know, it's important to say that at the beginning. Um, why is that important? Well, because it gives you an insight into just. Essentially, she's letting you know what she's like as a person, <laughs> but it also feeds into how she interacted with you and presumably with other people that she interacts with online. And you can see behind the comments actually where a lot of this is coming from. You can actually, you, even if she hadn't interacted with you, you could have probably predicted in advance where some of her comments were, what they were going to be and what angle she was going to come from, just simply based on her about section. Yeah, and but the point being is that when I when I came to the latter point of the comments, and, we've, and I have said that this isn't to name and shame this person, and we're not, the intention will become clear why we're doing this podcast towards the end, and we'll be praying. But some of these details are important, and certainly the sequence of events here is important. So this lady has this very well-defined about section where she claims to be the boss and she sets up all these, these standards, which are actually nothing more than double standards, Hypo hypocrisy. And when it comes to the point of pointing this out to the aggressive atheist, why is it that you have your website well-defined for all these standards why people will be given literally zero tolerance? There'll be zero tolerance for anybody that behaves in a certain way and then you engage with somebody else's blog on somebody else's website who's got a well-defined name online presence and so on and you uphold none of the values mm. that you have laid out that have laid out for mm -hmm. other people so so before we've even got to the realm and territory of te textual criticism which we're coming to you're dealing with a level of irrational hypocrisy that refuses to it just it's just blind. Mm -hmm. It's 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 either blind willfully or just so thick yeah. that they can't see that that you know that they're just being they're just being hypocritical. Mm. The very thing that they're raging against. Christians are just uh, ignorant, and Christians are just violent, and Christians are just hip hypocritical. You know, hypocrisy is a major problem. Mm. It's a major problem, mm -hmm. and I think to 
you know, so there's, there was no acceptance of that from 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 her. Mm. And again, this is setting the tone of of then well, what hope is there of getting into a meaningful exchange and yeah. debate about biblical manuscripts, for example? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit a bit about the actual interaction and some of the things that came up and um one of the comments that you just mentioned there that she talked about from her own website was to do with baseless insults yeah exactly one of these things so um let's start there baseless insults well i think it's important to go through some of these baseless insults and one of the reasons you know as we've just as i've just said the hypocrisy is there from the from the get go she she cannot stand and will, will not stand baseless insults and yet that's that's literally how she began engaging mm. with me so let me quote you exactly the opening comment and often this is a lesson from years of experience you know when it comes to these kind of things you can tell immediately where somebody's at not always but most of the time from the very first comment you can tell where somebody's mind and heart are so her her opening her opening comment so she'd presumably forgotten her about section at this point she's literally just said and more false claims by a failing religion nothing new here so there's at least three insults there's there's at least three baseless insults now she'll defend that she'll defend it to the hilt because she'll claim that it's not baseless unfortunately she's and not it's a, not an insult <laughs> yeah she probably yeah but as we'll see there isn't a shred of as she likes to bang on about there isn't a shred of evidence to disprove the claim that these are hypocritical mm. baseless insults yeah. which which of course let's just make it really clear this is the foundation this is the basis from which she's operating okay this is the this is the sinking sand that she's standing in mm. um so yeah i mean there's a, there's a n- any number of there's a, there's about seven or eight or even nine baseless insults here of herself now we don't need to necessarily go through all of them but let's let's go through some of the main ones because this isn't again this is the motive, one of the mo- big motivations for doing this episode of the podcast is because it will help one of the things with this lady is, and I think she's totally missed this, is that we're not totally disagreeing with her. Yeah. And I'm I'm certain that she won't have expected that. Mm. Um, there are, that's, again, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this, is it's drawing out some things that we need to be thinking about in terms of what what do the world see of the church? Mm. What, are, what, are, what do the unsaved, non-Christian world think it means to be a disciple? So I don't know. Do you want to just take some of those? Okay. So one of the first comments that she makes, um, and I'm just quoting here, she says, not one of you self-proclaimed Christians can do what your Bible promises. Yeah. So so this is a baseless insult. It's a baseless claim that is, is so mixed and messed up mm. that it's difficult to know where to start with it. But again, it's... I think uh, hopefully it would be helpful on multiple levels here. Not one, not one of you. So she's lumping all Christians into the into a bracket of her own making. Self-proclaimed Christians can do what your Bible promises. So there's no reason to be Im- impressed by your baseless claims. Um, 
Again, this is really important, guys, listening, all right? This lady is claiming to be an ex-Christian. In fact, when mm. we reference the the video in a minute to do with Ray Comfort that you'll see in the comment section, she had a debate with Ray Comfort. Um, within that conversation, unless I'm mistaken, she's referring to being a Presbyterian. Now, jovially or otherwise, jokingly or otherwise, why are you claiming to be an atheist and a Presbyterian? Yeah, <laughs> it, it would suggest that you don't actually understand what it means. And that, I think that's going to be one thing we'll say more of towards the end before we pray, is that the overall posture that this woman has is that she's an ex-Christian. And yet, by all of these comments that are hypo- hypocritical, irrational, aggressive, doesn't even just like stop to take a breath, mm. is showing that she doesn't understand what a Christian is. Exactly. She doesn't, even on the most basic level of the gospel. Mm. So where she says... um. Uh, that none of you Christians can do what your Bible promises. Well, what is it that you think the Bible promises yeah. that we should be able to do? It doesn't, it's it's not a logical sentence or question to ask from somebody who's supposed to know, apparently, yeah. what Christianity is because you're looking at the Bible in an entirely the wrong way. If that's the question that you're coming up with, it only underlined your ignorance Mm -hmm. because you're basically asking a question that the bible doesn't answer (laughs) exactly it's not to do with what can you do as a christian that's not the question that so it's just a mess of a a statement to be making yeah and again it makes this is why it makes having these kind of quote-unquote debates when somebody starts off a a response like this Virtually pointless, and it's not something to do. Certainly, in an, in an ongoing way, I'm happy to do this in this occasion, on this occasion, to 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 get the most out of it. But if you were doing this all the time, it would be mental. But of course, in some ways, we are. We need to be engaging with this kind of thing in in a regular way because that's what yeah. it means to take the gospel out. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't. Most of the time, it won't be like this. But a lot of the time, you're 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 dealing with forms and species of hypocrisy irrationality, um, contradiction, uh, ignorance, all the things that actually she's probably accusing me of yeah. um, is what you're, what you're dealing with. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not like you've got two people who are sat opposite each other with hearts that are longing for reconciliation mm. or longing to learn something or longing to resolve. She's already resolved her issue for eternity. As far as she's concerned, yeah. Jesus is a sky fairy. Mm-hmm. I think I think what's probably interesting about this question, and again, not for the hardcore atheists like this, but but for them, but for more general when you're having conversations with people, is to be able to talk about world views, because I think that's often a baseline that's missed out with these types of conversations, is that often we talk at cross purposes. Mm. So um I think helping people who don't believe in God to to be able to just explain to them what your worldview is and where you're coming from when you're talking about the Bible and God. And I think that can often make a huge difference because atheists don't often realise whether they're hardcore atheists like this or just your kind of average person who doesn't believe in God and hasn't really thought much about it. They don't understand that your way of viewing the world is so radically different that you may as well be speaking a foreign language. 
Yeah, but she should know that and understand that because she's an she ex, should. she's an ex Christian. She's an ex Christian, yeah. so she, that should all be clear. Uh, I'm not even sure that she's a hardcore atheist. Maybe not. Because she's come being an aggressive atheist doesn't doesn't isn't the same thing. Hmm. You know, I'm not claiming to be a um, a prolific scholar that can demonstrably explain manuscripts and autographs and the Munster Library that we'll come to in a moment. That's not the point. Hmm. But just because you're angry doesn't make you an expert or a hardcore anything. Um, but yes, worldviews is clear. That's yeah, that's that's clearly. But she should know that. She should. <laughs> she should know that if that's what she once had. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a fundamental one. When, when someone says, hey, listen, you guys, not one of you can agree with what the Bible promises and you can't do what the Bible promises. It's, it's it's, it's, there's no understanding there of what the gospel is. It's, no. it's Galatians 1. It's this whole thing of you, who's bewitched you. And there is a bewitching mm, here. There is, yeah. There's a bewitch. There's a spiritual um, deception at work. And mm -hmm. again, uh, you know, we should be aware of that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. allow the Holy Spirit to guide us on these things, and mm -hmm. He'll teach us, even when we drop the ball and make mistakes, and don't always respond as dispassionately and in, with composure <laughs> as we should have done. As I've demonstrated myself in in this particular instance. So uh, let's go on a couple of other baseless insults from the one who harps on about not Being, baselessly yeah. insulting. <laughs> um, so our next one, and this one is an infuriating one to see, but. Jesus is a fictional character. He wasn't real. You there's no evidence. There's of no Jesus. evidence for him having ever been here, etc., etc., etc. And it's it's probably the most ignorant, mind-numbing comment to make from anybody ever because there is abundant secular, not even like biblical scholarship, secular scholarship that shows that Jesus was real. That you know, simply just go to someone like Josephus, and there you go. There's one, just one example, and you know, n you know, scholars do not deny that Jesus existed. That's yeah, you know, that's just known. That's not even so. Jesus is a fictional character, and then this. Let's just kill two birds with one stone here. One of our other comment, baseless insults, as the one who uh, rages against baselessly insulting. Um, is that the there's no evidence that the essential events in the Bible happened. So Jesus is a fictional character. There's no evidence for Jesus. And there's no evidence that the events in the Bible happened. Now, let's deal with your comment here on the, again, this is where we're referring to the blog that you can read for yourself. I'll just read you Mary's one and only comment um, under my heart notes. Um which addresses this. So this is Mary responding to the atheist, where she says, if you argue against the validity of the New Testament because you can't read the autographs, and just pause, <clears throat> we've dealt with autographs yeah. in the last couple of weeks in terms of textual criticism. So if you've not listened to the previous episodes about what, what an autograph is, it will make more sense for you to go and do that. If you argue against the validity of the New Testament because you can't read the autographs, then you are not simply arguing about the Bible, but, but of all ancient literature. If you can't trust the Bible as an ancient work of literature, then you can't trust anything based on the same criticism. I mean, this, her response to this just also highlighted how she wasn't able to stop 
and listen and think. So her response to this was then, of course, just to say, well, thank you. Of course, you're right, because you can trust either any of the holy books and, you know, presumably to see this as well. You can't trust anything. Well, no, this is my point. She wasn't actually reading my comment properly. I was talking about all works of ancient literature. Mm -hmm. She assumed I was only talking about religious Mm -hmm. works of art. Right. My point is to her, Mm -hmm. you can't trust Josephus. You can't trust Mm -hmm. Homer. You can't trust Pliny. You can't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. Because what you're saying is that textual criticism is pointless because... For most of ancient literature, you can't read the autographs. Mm-hmm. So basically, we can't trust anything in human history mm-hmm. because you're not able to go and read the very original manuscript. Yeah, the very original autograph. Um, we, we want to. We, we do need to go into this issue of autograph and manuscript because again, this is this is part of my own learning curve with this. I'm not trying to pretend to be a, a you know a, an experienced scholar or apologist or anything, or you know or even an evangelist. I'm just trying to be a faithful disciple. And that's what she she went to. So we need to come to this thing about how this featured within this conversation, the whole thing of autograph mm-hmm. and manuscript. But basically, what your your little exchange with her, and this is what she's revealing. And again, as somebody who's raging against ignorance and baseless claims, is that you can't even trust Josephus. Mm-hmm. Josephus isn't a holy a holy uh, book. His writing's not a holy book, is it? No, nope. it's just history. Yeah. So. So we get, we're going to come in again. One of these other things we're going to come to in a minute is this whole thing of evidence, evidence, evidence. Mm. If, if, like you're saying, if you can't, if following her own argument through, you can't. What, what, um, what is her concept of history? Exactly, and it just shows. It just, and we've talked about this in the previous podcast to do with this, but it just shows the level of these people are just talking a lot but what they're saying isn't actually based on anything that we know about Mm. you know she sounds quite convincing if you go through and read her stuff but actually if you know about any of this you know that this is the same method that's used for all ancient literature as we've spoken about so if you get rid of it completely you can't you literally can't believe anything you know like did Caesar actually live? Well, who knows? You know, yeah, who knows? Who, who knows what? You, maybe, maybe your teacher at school was just lying to you. Yeah, like why would you even bother learning anything? But listen, this this person, remember again, this is why I'm, she claims to know something about everything. Maybe she knows very little about most. Um, but she's also saying that I dislike most humans. That's a, that's a quote from her website. She dislikes most. Humans, so I don't think it is convincing. I don't. I don't, I don't no. think there's anything in what she's saying. It's, all of this is betrayed by her un- oblivion to her own manner. The way she's relating as not as an atheist against a Christian, but just as two humans. Mm. This is why I said one of the concluding comments on the blog, where I link in the, in uh, Justin. Uh, not Justin Jordan, Peterson. J- Jordan Peterson's post about the Bible um, is that it's not. This isn't just Antichrist because it is. And one of the, mm. the her final comments, which I'm going to read to you in a minute, when she emailed me privately, um, it should it should make you squirm when you hear the blasphemy and you hear the disregard. Mm. Um, but she hates she or she dislikes most humans. Sorry. Um, it's no surprise to me that we're dealing with this. No. 
um, kind of ignorance of his, historical mm-hmm. reliability. And as you say, of course, you you know you don't have to look very far, probably, to find on the internet someone that doesn't believe that the Earth is round, yeah, or doesn't believe that people have been to the moon, or mm-hmm. you know, all of these different conspiratorial mm. things to to make your point, like. Yeah. She, give her two minutes on the on the website. She'll find a Christian who's, who who will say something that is antichrist. So it doesn't prove anything. No. But I think the overall the overall point that people need to be aware of, and this is what we want this to help with you guys wherever you are, is that it's not rational to say to your point. Her response to your point about historical fa- no serious scholar is going to say there's no evidence for Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. It's just not true. Um, we know historically that he lived. Like, that's just not up for debate. Um, the debate is, do you believe in the resurrection? And even there, you have a lot of scholars that are that would argue for evidence of the resurrection. That, you, that doesn't isn't solely a faith issue, so to speak. There's historical evidence mm-hmm. if you go looking for it about that. Yeah. So we're getting into the realm now of of textual criticism. Um, so we'll come to that. Should we come to that now? Let's go there. Because my voice is failing a little bit. <laughs> um, but so so we we if you read the the unfolding conversation, it's not long before we come to the demand for evidence. So the way it worked is that. And I, I should have probably seen this coming, and I should have probably known better that we we were going in the direction of um, textual criticism, manuscripts, autographs. And I, I made it. I think at one point I made a boo boo. I made a mistake, and it was a mistake. And again, this is important. Something we need to say about lying. I think at one point I referred to an autograph where I me- when I meant to refer to a manuscript. Now, I understand perfectly the difference between an autograph mm. and a manuscript. Um, <coughs> but the, 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 the demand for evidence is, is, is really important because, of course, she's not applying that same value to herself. So, for example, she's claimed that there's no historical evidence for Jesus, but there's no evidence for us. Say if we were entirely neutral mm-hmm. and we didn't know, it's like oh, I've, I've heard that, I've heard that historical evidence for the life of Jesus, forget his crucifixion, forget his resurrection, is like indisputably solid. It's like mm-hmm. there's no point rationally even having that conversation. I'd heard that, so but, but you're now saying that there's no historical evidence for him or for the events mm-hmm. in the Bible. Like, what's your evidence for that that disproves the overall? You know, mm-hmm. so so she's banging on, banging her evidence drum, evidence, 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 but again, showing that her own claims are entirely baseless and without evidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hypocrisy, hypocrisy, and it just it reveals that some people just they're so determined to just hold their view that when they actually talk about evidence, they don't really want evidence. <laughs> They just want to hold on to a lie because they want to be able to keep hold of their position so tightly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's part of the most sobering aspect of this is that there will be people when Jesus returns, and again, this is something I've said, um, who won't believe and who won't repent even when Jesus mm, stood before yeah. them. You know, ultimately, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That's not a cliche. That's a literal future mm. reality. But the point is, when there's opportunity, there's still this unrepentantness. So, so actually, again, evidence. My my point to this lady, and if you're listening to us, I would say to you, I would say to you, would you love Jesus? Would you love him if there was quote unquote evidence of him? Because the reality is there is evidence of him, yeah, of is. his life yeah. and of his words. There's evidence that you don't want to accept. Mm-hmm. But but let's just change the question slightly. Just let, let's say there is categoric evidence, okay, that I could prove now and say, hey, Jesus, you ready? When I say your name, you're going to appear with your resurrected body that you now have in glory with the marks of a lamb slain before the foundations of the earth with the marks in your side and your hands, and you're going to appear before this lady. So I'm going to say to you, dear lady, would you love him Hmm. if I gave you that kind of evidence now? Would you bow your knee before him? Would you close your mouth before him? I don't know. Hmm. Now, I don't know. I would hope that in that moment you would be utterly flawed your knee would be bowed, your tongue and your mouth would be closed. But it's not a given. Mm-hmm. And that's the point I'm making. Okay, Evidence is, is a smokescreen. This, this banging of the evidence mm. drum is a smokescreen for somehow proving the, the solidity and the reliability and the stability of your posture, not just before me and, and before other people of sincere faith, but before God, regardless of whether you view him as a sky fairy or not, the fact is you are, your life is now before God. Your worldview, mm-hmm. your past experience, your current beliefs, including that you know something about everything, doesn't change ultimate reality. Like the reality, the ultimate reality, and this is something that people need to understand, is Revelation 4. Mm. The throne room of God. And Melvin Tinker's book on Revelation, the first and the last, is so helpful with this. You should read it. You know, it doesn't matter what your worldview is. It doesn't matter what social imaginary has affected you over the course. It doesn't matter what negative influence your your Christian parents have had. It doesn't matter what disastrous effect the chaos of the church has had on you. Mm. It doesn't change ultimate reality. Um, Even if you disagree. Doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. didn't, but the point is, evidence is a smokescreen. There is yeah. evidence. There is evidence. There is evidence. <laughs> there is evidence, but you don't want to know. So, so we're kind of now into the nitty gritty of what went on on the specific point to do with textual criticism, autographs, manuscripts, and so on. Mm-hmm. So, um, her comments she had brought up about. Um, yeah, this issue to do with the manuscripts and the autographs and... Because I had brought it up. I'd, yeah. I'd been asked for evidence. Mm-hmm. So she, the claim was there's no there's no evidence of Jesus, mm-hmm. no evidence of the essential events of the Bible. And I'm like, of course there is. Yeah. Of course there is. Yeah. There isn't just evidence. There's, there's ample evidence. Yeah. So I, I responded by pointing her to the link that we that we addressed all the podcast listeners to recently, this the Library of Munster uh, in Germany. 
which for this aggressive, irrational atheist only wanted to prove one of her tropes, which is that copies of lies don't make a truth. So the fact that she's asking us for evidence, historical evidence, and we're able to actually give her historical yeah. evidence was never going to be enough. It's just proving my earlier point exactly. in this podcast. So, you know, she's she, she, she's she's basically not making any sense when we get then into splitting hairs about I'm I'm apparently this is this is a good moment for us to talk about what it means to be a liar and why there might be this kind of fixation on lying. And I think we should talk about that. Mm. But she wants to accuse me from the get-go of being a liar because the manuscript... So, so, so at one point when I used the word autograph instead of manuscript, um, I, I'm immediately a liar. Yeah. And you can read that as clear as day. When you read through <laughs> the comments, you can see that's what she, how she interprets that. Even if I've made an honest an mistake. An honest mistake, yeah. And, and explain your honest mistake. And, and explain <laughs> that I had meant to... You know, I'm not saying that there, we believe that there are... Uh, the original autographs from 50 AD that Mark wrote. We're not. We're not saying that. No. Nope. And if I've said something that makes you think that's what I'm claiming, I'm not a liar mm-hmm. because I claimed it. So let's just talk briefly here about what a liar is, because and why there is this fixation from this lady on the accusation. I mean, her tongue mm-hmm. is just forked. It's a forked tongue. It's laced with continual accusation. And that's why we didn't get to have a live debate. Which, again, if we can keep our minds on track, mm-hmm. we need to mention that's really important. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean to be a liar? Why, this whole thing of being uh, me being a liar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's like you said at the beginning, when you went to her website, there was this absolute obsession. You know, this is like something that she's really pointing out. And it's, it's creating this really twisted view of truth, isn't it? That um, I, she knows, I think, herself, based on what we've even just talked about here, that she's not being truthful. She knows herself that she's not doing that because if you were genuinely looking for evidence and she'll know, she'll know that if you go away and read it up, there's stuff about Jesus that you can find out about him, that you can actually know. Well, she used to be a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. But if even from just a basic non-faith point of view, and I think she knows this, which is why she then has this obsession with other people lying about things because there's this duplicity there that I think mm. is is happening within herself. And therefore, she's she's just obsessed with it. Yeah, so let me make this really clear. And if again, if you're lady, if you're listening from America, um, if somebody is a liar, <laughs> that's a strong that's a strong mm, accusation. Yeah. Which is saying that I am consciously, willfully, deliberately seeking to speak in a way that's opposed to tr- what is true or accurate. Now, that what that doesn't allow for, account for, is that somebody can be quite honestly mistaken without lying. And again, that's the level of irrational mm. aggression and anger we're dealing with here. So it's important that I shouldn't really need to be said because it's so obvious, but it does need to be said mm-hmm. because if you read through these comments, it's almost like she knows she's got some kind of proof somewhere else that all I am is a willful, intentional, conscious liar, yeah. <laughs> which is so irrational. It's it's just muddying the water. Yeah. And that's what the devil does. Now, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to be honest and tell you what I think here. I'm, look, I'm currently looking at John chapter 8. Do you remember the exchange? This is one of the most inflammatory 
parts of the entire Bible. Again, lady listening in, in America, if you maybe you know this, maybe you think you know this, because of course you know something about everything. So presumably you know something about John chapter 8. You know something about Jesus' words here, which of course didn't exist. The Jesus that didn't exist, the words that were never spoken and were presumably just made up by someone. Mm. But this is the these are the made up fairy tale words of Jesus, the sky fairy, who was having a debate with the religious people of the day, the Pharisees and so on. And in, in verse 42 of John 8, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. Just pause. Think about what I was saying a minute ago. Hey, listen, if I give you evidence, mm -hmm. would you love him? This is the scary thing. This is the scary thing. Mm -hmm. Even if you give someone evidence, it doesn't mean they're going to love mm -hmm. him. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. That's the only precondition for loving him. If God is our father. Remember what I was saying about ultimate truth, mm -hmm. ultimate reality of Revelation 4. Jesus said to me, if, you were, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? And then Jesus asks, answers his own rhetoric. It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. Why? You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. This fixation with, mm. with <laughs> lying is interesting to me. And it should be interesting to all of us. And it should be a lesson that we learn as we engage with the kingdom of darkness and in the territory of the devil. Because as an evidence of Satan's work and Satan's influence and so on, it's not only that he lies... I think that he also gets people to obsess and fixate over lying. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is ultimately where we came to because this kind of, uh, as I said to the lady, you know, it's not just antichrist, this is anti-human. This is, this is profoundly inhumane mm. to be only continually like a, like a barge, just assuming that I'm a liar. I'm, I'm deliberately deceiving people and so are all the other Christians and so is God. Um, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. This, the, like... But don't just assume that people are lying. Mm -hmm. Like, ask some questions um, other than demanding evidence, which, as I've as as we're saying, isn't the same thing. Yeah. So I, I would just say that that was my observation. And I, again, I would gently say, and we're going to pray in a minute towards the end when we finish. Um, I don't know if this lady was a Christian. She claims to be of, of an ex-Christian. But she also claims to be a Presbyterian whilst debating with somebody as an atheist, Ray Comfort. Um, the, the purpose of this conversation now is not to name and shame. No. It's to say, listen, just, just, just that. Listen. Mm -hmm. Not only listen to us, mm -hmm. but listen to yourself. Listen to yourself as you listen to the things that are going on in your ears and in your heart from wherever they have come, um, 
that are actually betraying the things that you're presumably saying you would die for. Mm. This this fixation with lying, it's, it's, it's from the get-go and it runs throughout. And eventually it brought us to the point where I had offered to have a live debate with her. And she then threw in this thing of, well, I've, I've previously got no problem in debating because I've previously had a debate with the celebrity Ray Comfort. I know very little about Ray Comfort, by the way, but I've had a couple of exchanges with him and frankly wouldn't be giving much time to Ray. Um, that's an aside. But the, the point of her mentioning that was that she had a precondition for debating Ray, which is that she would have a copy of the video so that in her own spun world, when Ray runs off as a little coward, which of course Ray is not certainly not that, no. <laughs> that she would have a copy of the video that she could then use to name and shame him. Now, for some reason, she thought, even though I'd offered to do a live debate with her, she still wanted to, to lay down that same condition as that she had a co copy of the video. She, she clearly not read or indeed listened to what I was saying because yeah. if she understood that we were going to do a live debate, there would be no need for her to have a copy because it would be there for all to see. Um, anyway, that's, that's by the by. My condition of us having a debate live, record, pre-recorded or even in private was that she would stop with the accusation, mm. stop with the... Um, with the way she was behaving and and seek to come to a conversation just as basic human, cut mm. the courtesy of human beings. And, and she refused to do that. She absolutely refused to stop accusing, stop um, just, just, a, just a toxic, violent rudeness, you know? Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. And then has the audacity to contact me privately and, and, and accuse me of running away. <laughs> Even though we all know that her unwillingness to stop being rude and accusatory and just not basically courteous is all another smokescreen because she knows now that this isn't going to go to a debate if she keeps on. What she yeah. should have done is just said, sure, no yeah, problem. Of course. And then we'd, when we'd have had a debate and she could have shown me and the whole world that God doesn't exist. Yeah. This God that mm -hmm. she's so angry with, who doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, it's just... <coughs> It's just an easy way to get out of something, isn't it? To deliberately sabotage before you even get going. Um, and then just so, so easy to accuse the other person. You pull out the same card, mm. you know, that religious person who has got nothing because they don't have any evidence, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. it's it's just twisting, twisting but, things for your own, I guess, for your own, for yourself, isn't it? Yeah. There are a bunch of other baseless insults and accusations that we could go through that would seek to, to, to maybe help, but I think we probably don't need to do that, having gone through the ones that we have. Um, There's probably one thing we haven't touched on, mm -hmm. just thinking about um, her issue with this, the kind of inconsistency within Christianity. Mm -hmm. which, yeah, this is a big one. Which we felt was an important point. And like you were saying mm -hmm. just a few minutes ago about we weren't necessarily, you weren't necessarily disagreeing with everything that she said. And again, she probably didn't hear that either. But mm. that this reality that, you know, you and we have talked about a lot to do with the chaos that exists in the church um, is real. You know, people see it. 
atheists see it and mm. it, it does cause confusion and it does make Christianity look irrational or inconsistent sometimes and it is unhelpful mm. for people who who might actually be wanting to understand about Jesus and God and actually find that depending on where they go they get slightly different emphasis or mm-hmm. slightly different understanding of stuff so I think that was one thing that probably did come out of this conversation with her is that there is a you know there is a real problem that exists yeah yeah my, my point to her and again I don't think she would have got or understood this is that her problem actually uh, yeah, it, it is with God because of the reason I just gave from John 8. But it's also with the church and they're both different. Mm-hmm. That's a really important mm-hmm. point. The problem that she has with God is not because, you know, the the, the, the problem is, is partly because of the church, but it's partly because of this unwillingness to um, be humble, to, to be humble. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because it is a major point and she is – despite the bizarreness of some of the some of the exchange here she's clearly switched on in some ways and and clearly knowledgeable about some things and but yeah just just on that point um i i've been writing that day in and amongst these exchanges or whatever and it just so happens that I'd been writing a section in this book about cults, sects, and churches. And that one of the primary accusations of those who are seeking faithfulness, spiritual faithfulness, truthfulness to Scripture, and to what it really means to be a Christian, not what this woman thinks it mm. means, but what it really means to be a disciple. One of the biggest accusations of that in in the, I suppose in the now in a way, because I've already experienced this a number of times, but into the future increasingly for a larger number of people who want you to be, is that you're just a cult, mm. which is a cult leader. Mm-hmm. This is this is like, oh, you, no one's impressed with, with you. You're just, so, and that's, and that was the accusation that came from this lady in this, on the very day I was writing about that. <laughs> she had no way of knowing that. No. So it, it just, it seeks to make this point that the chaos of the church is profoundly damaging mm-hmm. to Christians, but also to people who think that they were Christians. Yeah. Perhaps even genuinely were Christians. And then a seeing, in a sense, not seeing the wood for the trees. Mm. But the answer isn't to say, well, God is a sky fairy. There's no historical proof of Jesus. That's just silly. It's just so silly. Um, But there are profound consequences. Mm. And I think that's that's something that people need to be aware of. And and as was demonstrably proven in an undeniable, compelling way through this exchange, um, of course, she may accuse me of being a liar. You weren't writing about being a cult leader that day. You weren't. You weren't yeah. uh, sharing some revelation to the church about that that day. You're just making that up to serve your own purposes because you're just a, a scared child and you just run away because you're a coward, which was her accusation mm. to, to me. But the truth, the truth of the matter is, I was writing about the very thing that day, and, it, and it's just it's just making the point of what you've just said is that the chaos the, the chaos of the church being breached will be accused of being 
a cult leader mm-hmm. and that's that's just yeah. part of it mm-hmm. and it's certainly an important point i think when you're having conversations just with anyone about you know the church is I think it's just really important to be honest about the things that aren't right. You know, I mean, I remember we listened to a while ago, I think it was at Speaker's Corner in London, a video that was there, and there were Muslims accusing this Christian and bringing up the issue of um, abuse in the Catholic Church and all this, and she didn't tackle the question. And I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. not helpful. Was that the woman that got stabbed? I'm not sure. It might have been, but I want, Mm -hmm. at that point, I want to say... Yeah, that's wrong. Let's let's expose yeah. the sin. Let's expose the error. Let's acknowledge the things that don't represent Jesus, that aren't and shouldn't mm-hmm. be. And the work of the devil. Exactly. Yeah. And not shy away from mm-hmm. from the thing. Like the church is so imperfect and we know it and we just have to be willing to to be angry about the things that people have a right to be angry about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and to, and to evade and avoid these realities is the opposite of what we're doing. Exactly, we're going after yeah. it head, head first. And when Muslims particularly, I don't know if that was what you just... Yeah, it was, was. It was Muslims that were attacking her, yeah. They, they, they... And again, when, when these things are going on, like we said at the very beginning of this conversation, there's a spiritual reality, mm. there's a spiritual realm that is governing... It's not just a vapid ghost-like gas mm. reality that you can't, it's not substantial and it's not permanent or eternal. It is exactly opposite. It's more substantial than this desk I'm about to knock. The Muslims are like, they're, ca- they're counter to the accusation that your father is the father of lies. Satan is to lie. Yeah. Well, it's to, it's to use a half-truth and that's mm-hmm. always the tactic. Yeah. So, the tr- <laughs> so, the, so the truth is there are disgraceful, um, sexual sins within the church. And I was going to say preeminently in the Catholic church, well, there is in some ways within within the, you know, the, yeah. the spotlight mm-hmm. film. If you've not seen the, the spotlight film with um, Chappie, who's the Incredible Hulk, what was his name? Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. You should watch it. It's very good. Very good indeed. Mm. But it's also with evangelicals. You know, yeah. there's sexual sin left, right and centre. Again, I've dealt with that in this new book. But the point is that the Muslims are replying... They're, they're retort to the truth that this is a, you're a false religion and you're more well, Muslim Islam is a false religion and all of the stuff that we know is going on for example in Iran at the moment their response to that is to dig up is to use the work of Satan to throw it back in the mm-hmm. face of the truth teller yep. the truth teller should be acknowledging the lies everywhere not just in Islam they should be acknowledging Absolutely. the lies within the, the evangelical we're not yep. we're not after this is not p- party politics no this is truth or truth what's what yeah exactly it's eternity yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah the, yeah very very important but most people listening to us will have will hopefully no, need no persuasion of that <laughs> let's finish because um let's just say a couple more final things and then we'll close just a minute or two more um so one of, and there probably was double figures of baseless insults from this lady who rages against baseless insults uh, to me. And I think the, the final one was this thing about being, me, just my being a, a gullible cultist. You can almost just feel her floundering because you can't quite work out who I am, where I fit. Yeah. And so her only way of categorising me is to call me a gullible cultist and with whom nobody is impressed. 
as though my goal was to be impressive. It's not. My goal is to be faithful and true. And yeah, we all know what happened to, to Jesus himself with that very same <sighs> desire. She said as well, my, uh, one of my, the other accusations, my entire self-worth is dependent, sorry, my entire self-worth is dependent in pretending your opinions are agreed with by a god. My entire self-worth is dependent on pretending my opinions are agreed with by a god. No, it's not. My entire self-worth is dependent on my agreeing with God. Exactly. Not on him agreeing with me. Listen, Martin Luther is quite right and he can sum all of this up. Martin Luther wouldn't have had the patience for this. He would have just said, listen, your thinking of God is too human. And when you claim to be an ex-Christian whilst saying things like I've just said, that somehow my entire self-worth is dependent in pretending your opinions are agreed with by God, <laughs> you are manifestly proving that you don't understand what it means to be a Christian, yeah. Presbyterian or otherwise. Yeah, you don't know. You're, you don't know. And people who don't know, whilst claiming to know every, something about everything, would do well to listen to podcasts where people like you and I are robustly refuting but we're also lovingly refuting because we're gonna because we're extending grace and the offer for from me personally but maybe from both of us given that this lady is a lady is to still talk if she wants to talk and come back to us the chances are she'll just kick off even more and want to do a slanderous hit post on her on her own blog but the, the point remains you can't claim to be a Christian and then and then and then demonstrate that you don't actually understand the gospel. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts of God are too human. Um, finally, the Ray Comfort debate, so-called debate that this lady had with Ray, is up on my blog unless the lady decides to take it down. Um, because she wanted to see this kind of phenomenal victory that she had over over Ray Comfort. I spent 30 whatever minutes listening to every second of it and how this this lady, how you think this is some form of vindicating victory for yourself, let alone for new atheism versus childlike faith in the creator, is beyond me. I'm not sure, apart from your the, the hardcore following, or your other new atheist friends, and maybe they wouldn't even wouldn't <laughs> think so. But it just Ray Comfort, you know how how this was some kind of victory. Um, I just have, I'm there are no words to explain mm. that. I've got no idea. Um, the final thing is to say when I closed the comments on this blog, the lady reached out to me as I knew would happen with further accusations, <laughs> um, which I haven't. I haven't, this was about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and I, I, I've not replied to it yet, but I will do. I'll reply simply with the link to this podcast and say no more. Um, but the accusation was of being cowardly, running away, even though we've covered that. I would, I would have more than happily had a live conversation, and people that know me will know that. I would have happily had a live conversation. But I wasn't mm. going to sit there and 
you know, have somebody just <laughs> being abusive, basically. Yeah. Um, and she refused. She did. She turned down my ultimate. My only ultimatum was you stop. You stop with your accusation. I warned her. I said, listen, I'm not going to warn you again. So she had opportunity to debate and she had opportunity mm -hmm. to take this to the world. But she deliberately refused. And I think we all know she's sharp enough to know that she knew what the consequence of that yeah. would be. So sidestepping a debate, but then accuses me of being cowardly. Hilarious. Classic. But listen, this this is the thing that we need to finish on. Um, because my find, and you can see this on the blog. Okay, so if you go to the blog, the after I'd given the lady the ultimatum. Um, She replied with another 10 or 11 paragraphs of uh, accusation and whatever else. My comment to her was literally just to, just to write Luke 23, 34. And she, I, I knew that she would look that up and, and she did. Because when she then, after I'd closed the comments, because I'd had, I'd had enough of the accusation and, uh, mm -hmm. and the nonsense, the, the utter nonsense, she then rather predictably emailed me to um, to say that she'd, you know, to effectively say that she'd looked at the Luke 23, 34, which is the moment in Luke's eye account gospel where Jesus prayed to the Father that the Father would forgive them for they knew not what they did. They knew not what they do. And it doesn't actually matter in any way what this lady says or anybody else says. That's a genuine mm -hmm. prayer. And it's our genuine prayer now yeah. as we close this podcast. And if you're listening to us, lady in America, um, when Jesus was marred beyond human likeness, his prayer was that the Romans and the Jews and everybody else who rejected him, accused him of being a liar and accused him of being whatever. His prayer was that the Father would forgive them. His his view, his worldview was Revelation 4. It wasn't in the ignominy and in disgrace and dishonour and pain and trauma and torture of Calvary. His worldview was Revelation 4, mm. which is why he was able to pray, Father, forgive them, because they literally don't know what they're mm. doing. And that's our prayer. That was my prayer then, two, three weeks ago, and it's my prayer, our prayer right now, even though the lady responded to that and with a level of blasphemy that I've not personally come across before, which was to mock the mm. blood of this make-believe oh. sacrifice. It is the native language of Satan. Mm. Yeah. It's the native language of Satan. Even the centurions mm -hmm. who had squabbled over his clothes, who had slammed thorns onto his head, who had taken fistfuls of facial hair off his face, who had mockingly bowed down, save he was able to save others, but he can't even save himself. The ones who mockingly wrote to the king of the Jews that Pilate couldn't himself refute. Even the Roman soldier, at the moment of paradidomai, the moment where Jesus, with close, proximate, intimate knowledge of the Father and relationship, gave him his spirit up, and the earth split. The curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. Even the Roman soldiers in that moment, or at least some of them said, surely this was the son of God. Mm, 
Surely this man was not lying. Surely this is so obvious mm -hmm. to make an earthquake look incidental. Any evidence that you could give me? And I, and I want to just say, when you come across people whose native language is to mock the blood of Jesus, you know you're not dealing just with flesh and blood. And Lord, we pray now mm -hmm. for... We pray for this lady. We ask you that her father would be Adonai, would be Abba, would be Yahweh. We pray that the miracle of faith, would, the gift of faith would be given to her, the gift, the kindness of repentance. Mm. Lord, that you would enable her to turn to you, bow before you, stop speaking, stop typing mm. before you and consider God without human thinking in that sense of not trying to work you out, not trying to prove you, not trying to know you, explain you, ultimately not trying to usurp and trump you. Mm. Father, I pray for this lady particularly, but, but also for all of us, when we encounter this work of the enemy, that we would have the same posture and the same uh, anchoring in Re Revelation 4. For to me, to, for to us, is to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm -hmm. And all we know that at the point at which our callings and assignments may terminate, may be literal death, we don't know. But we do know that it is already and has been for others. And so, Lord, we just simply pray that you'd have mercy, that you'd forgive this lady, that you'd forgive people in our lives that we come to contact with that want to only mock the blood of the Lamb. And we ultimately pray, pray, Father, that you'd come in the name of Jesus. Have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Mm. Mm. Yes, Lord, we just... We're thankful, we're so thankful to have eyes to see and ears to hear the things that that you've put in your word about yourself and Lord all we can do is pray we know that um, we are unable to convince anyone of who you are we are unable to change a heart and to change a mind Lord we know that that is not our realm it is only for us to proclaim what is true to stand up for what is true to correct the thing, the lies that are said about you, and to um, to put them right, and to to give truth where it is necessary, and anything else is is not in our remit, so to speak, Lord. And we just pray for this woman, but others who may come across those comments and this woman's website or other similar websites, Lord, and we pray that they would have a genuine openness, that they would actually want to know the evidence that exists, that that's just not a pointless or purposeless claim that they just threw out to defend themselves, Lord, but that they would genuinely reach the place of grappling with what is actually there. And Lord, that ultimately that you would be merciful and that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear. 
We pray for her today and we pray that you give her that opportunity, Lord, if it's in your will. Lord, we know that your word is truth. We know that, that and we're so thankful that we have your word, that we can come to it, that we can know who you are, Lord. And Oh, Father, we just, we pray for our, our different cultures and societies where people are listening from where there's so much lying and untruthfulness about you where the enemy has really got in and really distorted distorted who you are and, and Lord we do just pray we just pray that your name would be lifted up we ask these things in Jesus in your name Amen. Amen. There was a moment in the life of Peter where Jesus quite shockingly told him to get behind him, Satan, because Peter had in mind the things of man, not the things of God. Peter went on to write in 1 Peter 1 verse 8, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Mm. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Though you have not seen him, this is the one Get behind me, Satan. The work of darkness so destroyed in this man that he was able to then write, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, in the life of this lady, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, for your work, for your lies, for your accusations, for your forked tongue. And we pray in the name of Jesus only by that blood that was shed that you would save this woman and that you would reveal the true spiritual reality that she's dealing with and that she's currently a pawn of. Father, I pray in the precious name of Jesus that you would forgive her, that you would lead her into a place, like you were saying in John 8, of loving you because her father is you, Abba. We pray for that miracle today in the precious name of Jesus. For your namesake, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with Romans 8 future glory. Thank you everybody for listening. If you'd like to be part of our support team to help produce this content, basically what is a full-time volunteer ministry, please come through to our Patreon website where you can join a small team of supporters and help make this happen, basically. We're looking in the long term to reduce 
work in other areas for Mary particularly. So if you want to help facilitate that, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to talk about that, discuss that, hear what our plans are for that, please do drop us a line.